are. It's time for another edition of Jonesing for Football as the 2022 National Football League Draft Fast Approaches. Bill Jones with young Cody Winstead. I'm in Dallas, Cody in Philadelphia. As usual, he's been on the road at times during this draft season, checking out some pro days. I've been inside my big green NFL draft scouting notebook where we are looking for five-star players. And let me tell you, we've got some five-star players that we are going to be talking about on this edition of Jonesing for Football. Young Cody, we are now three weeks away from draft night. Bill Jones, it seems like it's coming fast and furious. Like, I keep looking at the calendar and I'm like, wow, I don't have much more time to prep. I'm like, every night I've got more to do, more to do, more to do. Three weeks away, right? Uh, here we go. That's right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. You may be talking about opening day in baseball. You might be talking about Tiger playing at the Masters, whatever. We're talking not green jackets. We're talking green notebooks here on this edition of Jonesing for Football. And what are we talking about this time, Cody? Well, today, Bill Jones, we're going to get into some defensive linemen and some linebackers, a stacked group. We continue our position-by-position position breakdowns. We hit quarterbacks first, then we hit receivers, tight ends, then we knocked out the running backs and the offensive linemen. Now we're switching sides, switching gears to the defense, and a lot of defensive guys are going to go at the top of this draft. Daniel Jeremiah has 11 of his top 15 players are defensive guys, Bill Jones, today. Like I said, D-linemen and linebackers. Why don't you start us off with some of the big names at the top there? Well, I guess we start off with what some of those so-called draft experts are projecting as perhaps even the top three picks in this draft, and that would be one Aiden Hutchinson, of Michigan going number one overall to Jacksonville. And if you look at other mock drafts, there's a consensus that may be number 44 from Georgia. Trayvon Walker will go number two to Detroit. And then you're hearing about Thibodeau from Oregon going next. And so when was the last time you had three, possibly three edge guys going the first three picks of this of a draft. I, I, I haven't done the research on that. I'm sure it's out there somewhere, Cody. I'm with you. Um, I, w- I wish I would have looked that up, to be honest with you. <laughs> uh, but I can tell you, uh, Aiden Hutchinson seems like a, a pretty good number one pick. Obviously, he destroyed my Ohio State Buckeyes. Three sacks against the Buckeyes this year. Also had three sacks against Penn State. So this guy was not doing it against the Western Michigans, the MAC teams, the small level teams. Uh, Aiden Hutchinson was doing it against the best teams, the best competition. And so, yeah, it looks like he could be the guy at number one. Yeah. And, uh, and that would be a great pick for Jacksonville, six, seven, 260 pounds. He ran a four, seven, four at the uh, combine. The, the number that just jumps off the page at you though, is his cone drill, which is a six, seven, three cone drill. And that is remarkable for a man, especially it's remarkable for any man, but for a, a guy, six, seven, 260 pounds. And, uh, you know, on that cone drill, that's, that's a, a pretty good measurement on a guy who can, uh, can bend and get around the corner off the edge. Uh, and what you're looking for 
uh, is a sub seven flat uh, three cone drill. And when he goes six, seven, three, just to put it in perspective, I think DeMarcus Ware was around a six, eight, nine. You go back through history and some of the great edge rushers, uh, they'll be in that six, eight to six, nine range. But get down to six, seven, three, that shows he can bring it around the edge. He's got all the other intangibles that you're looking for a two time team captain. Of course, he won the Lombardi Award, the Ted Hendricks Award, three time first team academic, all American. Lot impact trophy winner, which is huge uh, when you're looking at the high character guys. This is the type guy with 14 sacks, 16 and a half tackles for loss, and a consensus first team All American his uh, final year at Michigan. This is a guy who is a franchise type player and is a prototype number one overall draft pick. And uh, Jacksonville would do very well to pick him number one. Yeah, you talked about the three cone and how impressive that was. I just looked it up. Only three wide receivers ran sub seven cone drills. And so his cone drill would have been third amongst all wide receivers. So that shows yeah, yeah. you right there that well, uh, he's also he's also got it in his blood. His dad, Chris Hutchinson, was a defensive MVP at Michigan back in the early 90s. He's grown up around football. Uh, he was a great athlete in high school, played lacrosse as well. He was a tight end, caught, had 38 catches uh, and eight touchdowns his senior year uh, growing up in Plymouth, Michigan, and uh, played uh, defensive end, tight end on the offensive line and was a long snapper as well. So even if, you're, if your deep snapper gets hurt, he can do that for you too. Yeah, we talk about how athletic he is and clearly – uh, that's the case. Look at Trayvon Walker. His numbers, all his measurables at the Combine might have been even more impressive. And so those are kind of the top two guys, probably the only two guys that could be the number one picks in this draft. Um, incredible, just the size and strength of both of those guys. And Trayvon Walker, just one of those studs on that Georgia defense. I wrote down some of the names, Bill Jones. All of these guys are Georgia defensive players that are NFL draft prospects this year. Trayvon Walker, Nicobe Dean, Jordan Davis, Devontae Wyatt, Lewis Seen, Quay Walker, Channing Tindall, Darian Kendrick, Adam Anderson. So how many is that? Nine guys. And on CBS Sports, their draft rankings, those are all within the top 114 players in the draft. So nine of the top 114 are Georgia defensive players. And Trayvon Walker looks like he's going to be the first one selected out of all of them. I got one that you didn't mention, too. Who's that? Jermaine Johnson, the second. I, I know. I was going to mention that as well. <laughs> who, yeah. who played his last year at Florida State, had like 12 sacks for Florida State, might be a top 10 pick in this draft. Well, he transferred from Georgia. And once you you wonder, okay, well, why did he would he have transferred from Georgia to Florida State? Well, there's only so many snaps. <laughs> and, and you can be a top 10 talent like Jermaine Johnson the second. And if if you're not starting at Georgia, well, you might as well go play in the ACC for, for Florida State. Uh, he, by the way, is a guy who started his uh, career at a junior college, Independence Junior College, and I was looking at him last night. I really like him as uh, as a guy too that uh, uh, can be a top fifteen pick in this draft. In fact, I think I saw that the Eagles are looking at him. How about that? The Eagles making a trade uh, this week with the Saints. We talked last week about how intriguing this draft is 
with multiple teams with multiple picks in this draft. We'll add the New Orleans Saints to the mix now uh, with two first-round uh, draft picks. And you know that these teams have an eye on a lot of these front seven players because, as we've talked about previously on these podcasts, this is a draft that goes deep at a number of positions. And I think it was Daniel Jeremiah who said – or one of those so-called – now I will call him a draft expert, but Thank the you, so-called down. draft experts – and it may have been him who said – I went to bed last night thinking about 20 edge rushers, and I love every single one of them that are prospects in this in this draft, which yeah. might say something about him, too, that he's going to bed thinking about these edge rushers. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. He's got his priorities all messed up. But, no, uh, I saw that exact same – it was a tweet, I believe, and I saw the exact same thing, and I'm like, I kind of feel the same way. I saw Jermaine Johnson. Did you see his him against Notre Dame? He made every play in the backfield against Notre Dame. Uh, when the Seminoles played the Fighting Irish there. I got one for you here, Bill Jones. A likely first-round pick, Boye Mafe, defensive end out of Minnesota, number 26 overall prospect on DJ's list, really turned heads uh, since the end of the season. Originally projected as a fourth or fifth-round guy, but impressive showings at the Senior Bowl and then at the Combine. And he's kind of forced teams to reevaluate his spot on their boards. 6'4, 261, flashed in Indy, 4-5-3 in the 40-yard dash. He had a 38 vertical, a 10-5 broad. And all three of those measurements ranked top five amongst the edge players. And mind you, as we said, this is a hellacious group of edge players we're talking about here. Mafe also balled out in Mobile. He was named the national team player of the game at the Senior Bowl. And his on-the-field production with the Gophers, I would say is good, but not great. Second team all-conference after racking up seven sacks and 10 tackles for loss last season. Uh, But Mafe actually said it in his pro day interview, and I agree with him. His best ball is ahead of him. He hasn't tapped into his full potential yet. And he kind of reminds me of Odafe Owe from Penn State, who was drafted last year by the Ravens at the end of the first round. He didn't really have massive production at Penn State. In fact, had zero sacks in his last year within the Lions, was still a first-round pick, and then went on to have a nice rookie year with Baltimore this year, five sacks, three forced fumbles. I think Mafe is going to be a similar player. The teams that I've identified for him, Well, the Eagles, the Cardinals, and the Titans uh, at 26, they all kind of have picks on that second half of the first round. Yeah, you have to be careful as far as uh, saying where where teams are drafting right now because it switches from day to day with all the trades that are being made. You know, Mafe is an interesting guy. And here's one thing that I would uh, caution against uh, when we're looking at some of the stats from these guys. Coming off the COVID year, there are – you know, obviously some teams in the SEC and the Big 12, they played a 10 or 12 game regular season that year. Other conferences like the Big 10 and the Pac-12 played fewer games that year. I think Ohio State maybe played seven games. Minnesota played six games that year. And so Mafe's numbers from the 2020 season are lower. And it looks like, well, he, he, he had more production in his senior year. Uh, when he was second team uh, Big 10. He's honorable mention Big 10 the previous year. Well, no, he only played half the number of games his uh, junior year. He did have four and a half sacks, so you double those sacks. He had nine sacks that season. 
And so his product, he actually had two really productive years. And, and you can throw in three because he had three sacks his sophomore year as well. He's an intriguing guy to me because of his athleticism, but you watch him on tape and he just looks like a football player. He looks like he enjoys playing the game. He looks like a versatile guy who can play. He, he, yeah, he's, they list him at 6'4", 261, or that's what he measured at the combine. He looks, probably because of his athleticism, he looks like he could play linebacker and and he can actually maybe even go backwards and defend a running back coming out of the backfield too. Three, four outside linebacker might be uh, the best spot for him. I'm not sure. I'm a little hesitant about 261 guarding guys um, outside, you know, guarding tight ends or guarding running backs out well, of the backfield. But I'm not he as is, hesitant he when he runs a four or five three. No, I'm with you. He is athletic. <laughs> uh, it does seem like that could be possible. Bill Jones, let me give you a sleeper. How about this? Josh Pascal from Kentucky. Is he in your uh, big green notebook? He is in my big green notebook, and he was also at the Star in Frisco in February because he was a finalist for the Jason Witten Collegiate Man of the Year Award, and I got an opportunity to talk with him there. Beautiful. So um, I'll just give you the uh, a little background and then let you uh, share your your favorite Josh Pascal uh, story, Bill Jones. 6'3", 268, projected as a third or fourth rounder, despite having a pretty nice season with Kentucky. First team All-SEC, uh, 53 tackles, five and a half sacks, 14 and a half tackles for loss. Really nice year. He also has position flexibility, played three seasons at outside linebacker, then two years at kind of that traditional defensive end position. His combine was really nice. He ran a 477, 37 and a half inch vert, and a 10-3 broad jump. And what makes him even more uh, amazing in his story, he's a cancer survivor, Bill Jones, diagnosed in 2018. Pascal overcame a malignant melanoman lesion on his foot and was the heart and soul of that Kentucky football program the last few years, the first player in program history to be named a three-time captain. He already graduated with a degree in family sciences and a minor in health promotion. And if you want to hear a detailed explanation of the difference between rushing from the edge and rushing from inside, go to YouTube and listen to his NFL Combine interview. I really enjoyed it. He kind of broke down all the nuance between Russian inside, Russian outside, and the difference from his perspective. I enjoyed it and suggest uh, you guys go take a listen to that. Anyway, I'm excited to see where he lands. He's kind of, like I said, probably a day three guy, but early in day three would be my choice for Josh Pascal. You know, it's interesting, too, when you call him a, a day three guy. In most years, he would probably be a day two guy. Uh, but it, this, the uh, defensive end, the edge rusher class, is so uh, voluminous in my big green notebook uh, this year that a lot of guys are getting pushed down a round or two. But he's got everything that you're looking for, as you mentioned. Uh, you, you cited all of it there. And I'm not surprised that he gave a very eloquent uh, dissertation on the difference between rushing inside and rushing outside. He's also a frequent speaker, uh, you know, telling his story. Uh, of coming back from uh, being diagnosed with cancer and missing the entire 2018 season, undergoing immunotherapy. 
And, and, and that's a huge reason that he was one of the finalists for the Jason Witten Collegiate Man of the Year Award. Uh, he's a guy that you want on your football team. 6'3", 268, 32 and a half inch arms, which is not what you're looking for necessarily in a, an edge guy. A lot of times when you, you're, you're looking, in my case, you know, I'm just scanning YouTube. I'm, I don't have the time to dive deep into coaches film or anything to really see the play in, play out what these guys are doing. Uh, I'll just say that off the top. So it's highlight reels that we're looking at. It, it's their top plays. It's highlight plays. Now, does he have the arm length to be able to play the run as well as be able to have the athleticism to get to the quarterback? Those are things that guys that get that spend full time doing this stuff can figure out. I suspect that's one of the knocks against him and why he's projected as a day three guy. Uh, but it'll be interesting. There's so many day three guys and even college free agents that make it in this league. He's got all the other stuff that you're looking for, that he is going to be reliable, dependable. He's going to be a team leader and uh, he's coachable and uh, that, that, that any coach is looking for. Yep. Players like him are why I like studying the draft because Everybody looks at these top guys and anybody can find them. And, you know, there's no, anybody can do it. I like digging into round two, round three, round four, round five guys looking for stories. And I know you're the same way. And then once we see where they get drafted, we track them and watch their career. And it's just cool to see like, okay, I I, I saw him. Everything was there while he was a college player. And this is just another great story and someone that I know I'll be tracking throughout his entire NFL career. All right. Uh, uh, moving to the linebackers, a couple of guys that I want to mention, and we've uh, had, uh, we've exchanged text messages on them. You're asking my opinion because they're Oklahoma guys. Uh, what I thought of where they project Brian Osamoa linebacker, six foot two twenty six, ran a four, five, six, Good athleticism, 36 and a half vertical, 10-4 broad jump out of Columbus, Ohio. He was a three-star guy, uh, played running back in high school, had 1,700 yards uh, rushing in his career. He came on especially uh, the last year at Oklahoma with 90 tackles, leading the team in tackles. Didn't have a lot of splash plays, but made second team uh, Big 12. He was a starter also in 2020. Nine starts that year and had five and a half tackles uh, per loss. I mentioned him first. He's a guy to me, he's not your traditional linebacker, in, in my opinion. And maybe it's maybe it's because he was late to the game playing linebacker. You know, when he got to OU, they had Kenneth Murray playing uh, the, the inside linebacker, and he was a first round draft pick of the Chargers. Really good player. He, he strikes me, Asamoa strikes me more. As a guy that I personally, even though he's probably got third round grades, I personally wouldn't take him until the fourth round because I'm not sure uh, what he is going to be able to do at the NFL level. I know for sure that he he could be a core special teams guy. He's got the athleticism to do that. I project he's probably a core special teams guy and backup linebacker in his career. That's why I wouldn't take him in the top 100 picks. But uh, I can see where a team could fall in love with him, and especially in this day and age with sub packages on defense. He is a prototype, what guy that you're looking for in a third down package in your nickel or your dime where uh, he's got the athleticism to make plays at the linebacker position. 
Yeah, by all means, that's what I was kind of thinking, kind of a star position, a little hybrid safety uh, linebacker. Four, five, six, 40, uh, 36 and a half vert, 10, four broad jump. So a really good athlete can probably guard in the slot, you know, like have that sort of uh, ability as well. And just looking at some of his stuff on YouTube, this dude's a missile. Like you can tell he knows what offenses are going to run and his anticipation skills are really good. He blows up a lot of stuff. And so I really liked watching him. I think he's going to be a nice player. Again, a little worried about six foot, 226, um, as far as potentially durability and have a lineman kind of weighing on him. But um, again, I liked his anticipation. I think he's going to be a nice player. And again, maybe it's only third downs or maybe it's second and third downs. Uh, but I like Brian Asamoah for sure. And the other guy is Nick Benito, who uh, is an edge guy, 6'3", 248. He, uh, he ran a 4.54. Now, you talk about cone drills. We, we talked to Aiden Hutchinson at a 6.73. I mean, this isn't a bad cone drill, but it's not going to get you drafted in the first round or maybe even the second round. A 7.07 for Bonito. Uh, he is a quick guy who can come off the edge, had 15 tackles for loss and seven sacks last year for Oklahoma. Uh, pro, a pro football focus is in love with this guy. They, they say he was a Big Twelve Defensive Player of the Year, and they and they they project him as maybe being a second round pick. Uh, he had eight sacks his junior year, and uh, Pro Football Focus had him as a second team All American. Myself watching OU on a weekly basis, he didn't make as many plays as uh, as what I would have liked. But St. Thomas Aquinas High School, Fort Lauderdale, Florida, four star Under Armour All American. He was a highly recruited guy, and so he's a guy that that he'll probably get drafted in the top hundred picks. But I'm not I'm not exactly sure how he projects in the in the NFL. I'm not as high on him. Don't you think he is more of like a a rush end? Like his ability to bend, get to the quarterback, is kind of maybe his superpower. What what gets him on an NFL roster? Yeah, and so he would be a third down pass rushing specialist. Is what way I would project him? Right, right. Let me give you a uh, linebacker that I absolutely love, Bill Jones. Not a first-round guy, maybe not a second-round guy, uh, but would be an excellent choice. Round three, Leo Chanel, inside linebacker from Wisconsin. Bill Jones, answer me this. Guess which team finished with the number one total defense in college football last year? Hmm. Uh, Yards per game. Huh. Uh, Nebraska? Not quite. Not uh, quite. Northwestern. I think they might have been the most in the country. What about Northwestern? No, not quite. Illinois? Either. Are you going to say Georgia or not? <laughs> You're not going to say Georgia because it's not correct. The answer is the Wisconsin Badgers had the number one total defense in college football last year. And this dude was a big reason why 6'3", 250, one Big Ten linebacker of the year after an awesome season, 115 tackles, eight sacks, 18 and a half tackles for loss in 11 games. And Bill Jones, when you play linebacker or in Aiden Hutchinson's uh, situation, D-line, sometimes you have to fight stereotypes, the assumptions about your speed or your athleticism. It's completely unfair what they say about us Midwesterners, Bill Jones. But guess what? Chanel put the talk to rest. 
uh, at the combine running a four, five, three with a 40 and a half inch vertical and a broad jump of 10, eight. All those numbers were among the tops amongst all linebackers. And then how about this? I don't know if you saw this. He followed it up at the Wisconsin pro day by benching 225, 34 times, Dr. Jones, which would have been the most at the combine, regardless of position. And it was funny afterwards, they asked Chanel, were you, were you excited with your bench number? He said, nope, not at all. I was hoping to hit 40. So he hit 34, was disappointed, was hoping for 40. Uh, so that gives you a little bit of uh, understanding of his strength. His style of play, I saw a good description from Lance Zerloin, a writer for NFL.com. He said, Chanel is a cinder block with rare point of attack power and will be a handful inside the box. I think that is a perfect description. A smart team is going to draft this guy and they're going to love him. Uh, there's just a ton of talent to work with. And he kind of reminds me of Logan Wilson, who was on my all sleeper team a few years ago from Wyoming. The Bengals drafted him in the third round, and now he's Cincinnati's leading tackler. Leo Chanel from Wisconsin should have a similar impact once he gets to the league here. Don't forget that name, Dr. Jones. Well, and I had not seen that pro day number for his bench reps. 34 bench reps. Now, uh, the cynic will say, well, he's got 31-inch arms. And so it's a lot easier to put it now easier for <laughs> easy for yeah, me to say, say, can you do that? <laughs> <laughs> 31 inch arms when you're going like this, rather than those of us who have 35 inch arms and we got to go like that to get it. All right. So yep. that's why I can do zero bench <laughs> reps at 225. I blame it on the arms too. I'm with you. <laughs> but 34 bench reps to go along with a 40 and a half vertical and a 10, a 10, eight broad jump. That's an explosion number of 85, which is off the charts. That gets him a five-star rating in the big green notebook. Here's another thing that does. You go back and look at it. High school, Grantsburg, Wisconsin. Okay, Wisconsin Gatorade Player of the Year. First team All-American by Max Preps. Played running back and linebacker. Had 385 tackles in his career. 55 tackles for loss. He ran for 3,700 yards and 68 touchdowns. He had 1,300 yards receiving and 17 more touchdowns. He was a two-year captain. He started on the basketball team, track and field, and, mind you, a four-year member of the honor roll at Grinchburg, Wisconsin. Leo Chanel, you are our five-star player of the week. We should tweet this at him, that clip right there. He'll probably be thrilled. Um, you just made his week with that designation, Bill Jones. Congratulations. All right, there you go. You think he is an intriguing player. Wait till you see the next episode of Jonesing for Football. There is the best linebacker in this draft, maybe the best player in this draft, who is my most intriguing prospect in this NFL draft. How's that for a tease, young Cody? Wow. I can't wait to hear that. I hope you invite me to that podcast. Uh, I actually have a quarterback and I have a defensive lineman. Those are my two intriguing prospects, which we're going to get into next. All right. Next time here on Jonesing for Football. We'll see you again next time. <laughs> <laughs>